Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here again tonight to minister in the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. I was just coming in a few moments ago and met a friend of mine, a friend of yours. Many people know him. I asked him if he'd speak for me tonight, and he wouldn't do it, so it's Brother Paul King. Would you just come out here, Brother Paul King, just for a moment? Brother Paul King, who has ministry friends. And we're always happy to have our visiting brothers with us off the field. We could probably exchange many words about the great harvest that we're in now, harvesting souls for the Master. Had a wonderful meeting last night, as I was told. Seldom it ever happens like that, that people sometimes in giving out prayer cards and bringing the people we only had just, I just come up and say, well, bring up so many of certain. We don't get too many in there, but when sometimes the Holy Spirit coming down, he can do more like that just from place to place. It said, Believe is telling me that a lady in a bound and a stretcher was made well, and somebody on crutches, woman paralyzed, sitting in a wheelchair. Our Lord is God, isn't he? And he's marvelous and wonderful. Now, as we approach upon the Lord's grounds tonight for the gospel's sake, let us first bow our heads in a word of prayer to the author of the book before we try to open it. Our beloved Savior, we come to thee tonight on the grounds of thy invitation that whosoever will let him come and take other waters of life freely. That's what we come for tonight, Lord, that thou would meet us now or continue with this great meeting that's already in progress, coming up and hearing the children crying and clapping their hands and rejoicing because they have everlasting life, eternal life, cannot perish, the promise of being raised up in the last day. And it makes us happy, Father, in this day when all hopes of worldly governments and so forth is fading away, the world in its order is passing back to civilization, the pinnacle swings backward, but the kingdom of God is marching forward with full rays. The armor's all gleaming, the banner streaming, the morning star leading the way. From victory on to victory until the final battle, arms are stacked, last prayer has been prayed, Bible's laying closed, the smoke of the battle is settling, sun's gone down, then Jesus shall come. We'll see the lovely one. We pray tonight, Lord, for every minister, these on the platform, my brethren, especially for Brother King now, who is needing thee and wanting your great power to be upon him. We pray that you'll bless him in a marvelous way. Bless all the clergy everywhere, naming the name of the Lord Jesus. Bless the laity, the strangers in our gates. Heal the sick and the afflicted. Now, Father, open the word to us, won't you? For we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. 
just title of the word I just started reading this afternoon, and I was a little tired from last night. The anointing of the Holy Spirit didn't leave me too quickly last evening, and and today I just had a great feast reading over in Genesis, and I am hoping someday to cross the nation, God willing, just preaching the gospel, just of a just revival, not just going from church to church, place to place. I like to see a real old-fashioned sweeping revival, soul born into the kingdom of God. Now it's kind of hard when it's mixed up with healing and so forth to change around and a few nights to stay this way, just a few nights you're wore out and gone. So that way maybe stay a month at a time and then you can really have a revival. Over in the book of Job, we want to center our thoughts tonight around Job, the 19th chapter, and about the 25th to the 27th verses, we wish to read a portion of his word, just for a little basic thought. And before we do that, I believe this is a fresh box of handkerchiefs here to be prayed over if I happen to forget them. Just now shall we bow our heads just a moment in a word of prayer while you join with me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Thou who knowest even the death of a sparrow, one cannot fall unless your great spirit so sensitive to everything that even the little insignificant bird might fall to the street. Father knows all about it. How much more do you know that we, your children, redeemed by the blood of thy Son, elected by grace, and bowing our heads in humility before thee to ask through the bleeding sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy for our kindred. In here is little brown trousers, handkerchiefs, little bibs for babies. They're needy, Lord. Will you be merciful? I pray that you'll heal everyone. These are only tokens, Lord. We realize that the price for healing has already been paid there at Calvary. You were wounded for our transgressions with your strength. We were healed at Calvary. But these are little symbols of faith that we love you and believe you and are praying one for another. As you said, confess your thoughts one to the other and pray one for another that we may be healed. This Father, I send these handkerchiefs and little articles here to the needy, praying that you will heal every one of them in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. In those little tokens, we've had so many things done. I've sent out about a thousand a week from the office or more. And so many things are done through the laying on of handkerchiefs. The Lord has just blessed it in a marvelous way. Testimonies, testimonies of what our Lord has done. There's just the feeble efforts of laying handkerchiefs on the sick. We realize there's no virtue in a handkerchief, just a little piece of cloth. More than the whole cloth that you're wearing, but it's... Um, it's doing something 
and following the scriptures. Here some time ago down in Louisiana, Brother Moore, here on the platform, and I, we were going down, way down to some little city, the little church, to have a meeting. And his beloved daughter and wife and all of them was along, and I was had my suitcase that some folks gave me many, many years ago over in California, and I just bought me a new suit. I had it in the suitcase and had an old one on. And he had it laying on top of his car, driving fast down to Louisiana. All at once when we got down there, we found out the suitcase wasn't on top. It's gone. I didn't even have a pocket handkerchief. So he was very much discouraged. I said, oh, the Lord will take care of that. All my wardrobe complete was in it, besides my overalls at home. So he said, Brother Graham, I'm going out and buy a new suit. I said, no, it's all right. He said, you haven't got a chance, Brother Graham. So that was lost way up along the road there. He said, just lots of colored people live up to this way. And said, now, the first thing, that if some man come along the road and he found the suitcase, I said, my Bible is in there, it had my name in it. He said, well, if he found that suitcase, Brother Brandon, said, the thing you do is sell those suits and so forth like that. I said, well, maybe he needs it worse than I do, because the Lord gave them to me, so maybe he needs them worse. The Lord's given them to him. He said, well, and if he found my Bible and if he knew me, I said, he'd bring it back anyhow. He said, oh, no, Brother Brandon said, if a sinner finds it, that he'll sell the clothes. And said, if a Christian finds it, they'll cut those suits up and send them to one of them for prayer for all But you haven't got a chance. So I said, well, we just trust the Lord. Two days passed, and Brother Brown over there, he said, I want in on this, too. I want you to, I absolutely want to get you some new suits. I said, no, nah, the Lord will bring him back somehow. So we, two or three days passed, he said, you see, he said, we met a police down there, and the police said, sure, I'll, I'll go up the road looking for it. His mother had been healed in my meetings, and certainly one of the state police, and we had told him we lost a suitcase up there, and way up in the swamp somewhere, so maybe 200 miles, 300 up down the road. So then the next day we went over, and Brother Jack was just persistent that I was going to get a suit of clothes anyhow. I said, boy, a thousand miles from home, no clothes at home, and None here. And by what are you going to do without even a handkerchief or a clean shirt? I said, well, uh, the Lord will take care of that. So we went over to Brother Brown, and they, Brother Brown, he's going to come out and he's going to make me go get a suit of clothes. Just about time Brother Brown come out, the phone rang. The old colored dresser called up and said, is, is Brother Brown there? But I've done Johnny's suitcase. I'm on my way. Trust in the Lord. Amen. Whatever it is, all things work together for good. You just can't lose when you become a Christian. Just can't lose. Just trust in Him and whatever the way goes. It, just keep your sails set to His Spirit. He'll guide you into the harbor. It'll all be all right. Now, in Job, if you've got your Bible, you were keeping down the marks just for a few moments not knowing exactly what the Holy Spirit will do tonight, night by night we do not understand the way he works. He works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Now in the 25th verse we read like this, 
For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last days he shall stand upon the earth. And though as the skin worms has destroyed this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. May he add the blessings to the world. Job, the oldest book in the Bible, was supposed to even be written before Moses wrote Genesis. But the oldest book in the Bible was speaking of redemption. And yet redemption was far way before that. Redemption is one of the oldest things in the Bible. Did you know redemption was even before the plan of redemption was laid out before the world was ever formed? Think of that. God foreseeing and making a way of redemption before he even made the world. For the Bible plainly says that Christ was predestinated for ordained and was the Lamb of God slain for the foundation of the world. That's right. Way before the world was made, God had a plan of redemption. As soon as Satan, you know, the old the argument is, why couldn't God have bypassed all of this and not had any of it? But God putting Satan almost co-equal with him, Satan taking the things of God and perverted them into the evil thought, and through that begin to pervert things into evil instead of good. And God, as soon as the first thing was done, out of his great treasure chest of love, he had a plan of redemption that quick. Didn't have to sit down and think it all over how it would be. He was God, isn't he? He knew how it would be. He had it in his great heart how he would bring all this about. And then if he foreknew the church, foreknew Christ, foreknew the plan, and set it all in order in the world, turning around, and you being dead to yourself, dead in Christ, and alive, after you were dead to yourself, alive in Christ, God working all things together for the good of that loving, how can you lose? Just can't lose. There's no way of losing. The church would just really find that out. If you could positionally find your place in Christ, then all these other things would just fade away like a shadow. Everyone that cometh to God, that's true, must uh, have their shadows and temptations and fears and so forth, but just don't get all tore up about it. What's a little suffering? For a little while, knowing that the glory of God will be revealed in the last days when Jesus comes, when we'll be made black unto him. He's just working everything together. Did you know maybe if you were sick, something happened to you, that God might have had to do that just to bring you a little closer to him? You know, one time it was told, I don't know whether this is authentic or not, whether a missionary told me in, in Palestine. However, he said he's seen a, a shepherd coming with the sheep. And said one sheep, he had to pack it, and he had a splint on his leg. And he said, did the sheep fall, sir, and hurt his leg? He said, no. So what happened to his leg? He said, I broke it. He said, you broke it? He said, you must be a very cruel shepherd to do that. He said, no. He said, see, this sheep wouldn't mind me. Kept going astray, and I know it was going to get killed. So I had to break its leg in order 
to bring it up close to me and give it just a little special treatment. Feed it out of my hand that would make it love me more. So maybe God sometimes just has to let a little something happen to you and he can just bring you just a little closer to him. Love you a little extra and then give you a little special treatment of healing. And you'll say, yes, Lord, I believe you are. See, see how God does that? Isn't he wonderful? We just believe him. Redemption. And God has a way of redemption. If a man cannot redeem, means to be brought back. It's like the old saying, you go down to, every time I see a pawnbroker with those three balls hanging out to in front, it makes me think, now, I hope there's not a pawnbroker here. <laughs> if there is, I don't mean this to you, sir. That's your way of making a living. I suppose it's legitimate and you have as much right to do that as anyone. But a pawnbroker always reminds me, you know, the devil put us in a pawn shop. <laughs> but Christ redeemed us. <laughs> He came back and redeemed us out of the devil's pawn shop, see. He put us in the pawn shop, but Christ came and paid the price and we're free. You know, the trouble of it is that people don't realize they think you have to do something to be free. You're already free. The only thing you have to do is know about it. You say, well, it's something i got to do, Brother Bram. I'll have to know you don't have to do one thing. It's by grace you're saved. See? Amen. See? Amen. Not nothing that you do, there isn't one thing you can do but not to anything. The plan's already made, redemption's already paid for. The only thing you have to do is accept it. One time there was a farmer. Crows were in his field, they were going south. And the crows were getting in his field, picking up the corn and so forth, and he set a trap and he caught a crow. So he tied the old fellow by the foot. Tied him up there, said, I'll just scare the rest of them away. And the other crows would fly across and say, Come on, Johnny Crow, let's go south quickly. And the storms and winters are coming. Johnny Crow would try to crawl, and he could not his hide. So one day there was a kind-hearted person passed by. Poor old crow there, about starved to death. Couldn't hardly get up. And he said, I feel sorry, that poor bird. So he just goes over and cuts the band and lets the crow loose. But you know, he's been bound so long till he still thought he was tired. The crows would go across, hollering, Johnny Crow, come on, let's go south, hurry up, the north winds are blowing. The old crow would call back, I can't, because I'm still bound. See, he was free and didn't know it. And that's the way many people are tonight. Them ladies or whoever was sitting here last night in wheelchairs, they heard the good news. Tonight, their wheelchairs are not here. They're probably sitting out in the audience somewhere. See? They were free. They were free all the time. Jesus cut them loose at Calvary when the bloodstream came from his body to free every person from sickness. The sinners that accepted Christ last night were sitting bound last night under a chain of sin and tonight enjoying the freedom of the Lord Jesus after they heard of the emancipation of the proclamation, they are free. And during the time of the slavery, before the emancipation of the proclamation was signed, why well, they tell me that the slaves in the South would climb up the hill and they're going to be free at sunrise. Some could climb a little higher than the others. The older ones couldn't get up. The younger went off the top of the hill. For as soon as they seen the sun, they were free. So the ones that got the highest 
just as soon as the sun peeped up, they said, We are free! Hollered to the next group. The next one hollered, We are free! All down the hill, passing the news, We are free! And every man that sees the sun is free. You know what I mean. You see the sun seen in the way of the revelation that God has revealed him to you? The only way you'll ever know it is when God has revealed him to you. That's the basis of all the scriptures. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven upon this rock, I'll build the church. That rock. So it's spiritual revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ is where he built his church. Now, little the old timers back in there maybe realized that it would be in this way if they by faith saw the complete time of redemption and they'd see people who would be absolutely introduced to the infallible proofs of redemption and turn around and leave it. That's the sad part. The fellow that's loose and don't want to be free. Now, Adam in the Garden of Eden, when he first sinned, God had a way of redemption for him right quick just as soon as he sinned. God made a way of redemption. And before Adam could ever approach back to fellowship with the Father, God had to slay an innocent lamb or sheep and make him a cloth to go around him and throw out the welcome carpet for Adam to walk back on the carpet of redemption to come into his presence again. God always has a plan of redemption and that's been through blood ever since the very beginning and dawn of time. Preceived in the mind of God before the world ever come into existence. Now when Adam and Eve, our first father and mother, started walking out of the Garden of Eden, while cloudily the sin hanging over their brows, the clouds of darkness hanging around them after they had received their, their word of their eternal destination, they walked out with those bloody sheepskins around them. They had some little ray of hope that sometime there was coming a Redeemer. See? They had a ray of hope. It was cloudy and dark because tears of regret was falling down their cheeks from their sins. And they were sorry of their sins, but they were they knew that somewhere there'd be a redemption because we said I'll put enmity between her seed and the serpent seed. And uh, so many people quoting the twenty third Psalm say like this, say Yea, Lord, I walk through the dark valleys of the shadows of death. It doesn't say dark valley. It says through the valley of the shadow. And if it's dark, there'd be no shadow. It takes a certain amount of light to make shadow. So death, at the very beginning, never had a complete darkness. It was a shadow. So there had to be a certain percent of light. And when Adam and Eve was walking out of the Garden of Eden, the shadows of redemption was before them. In the Mosaic laws and the ceremonies and the sacrifices and so forth was also a foreshadow of the coming of the perfect sacrifice, the perfect plan of God's redemption. And when they foresaw those things through the bleeding sacrifice of the animals that they were slain as a 
as a go-between or a covering for their sins in that shadow they foresaw the coming of the Lord Jesus. And it was that way until finally at last the day spring from all high spring forth, and those who sat in the regions of the shadows of death saw a great light. Amen. When God himself was made manifest in order to take away sin, then they seen full redemption to God himself. To the day spring from on high come forth. Now, in the Old Testament are the shadows, the laws, and the types. How that God giving those things back there, foretyping the coming of the Son of God, for instance, in a mosaic. Uh, dispensation, when God told Moses to take a lamb, first one from the old mother Yoel, and to keep it up, take it on the tenth day and keep it until the fourteenth day to be tried, purged, find out if there's any blemish about the lamb. You know the law of redemption in the Old Testament, how that the innocent must die for the guilty, fall away from all the way from Eden to the cross, the innocent died for the guilty. Our yeah. laws of old redemption. Say, for instance, a little mule was born out of the pasture, and that little mule had both ears broke down, cross eyed, not need, his tail sticking right straight up. What a horrible looking critter. If the little fellow could think for himself, he'd say, Well, Mammy. I suppose when the master of the house comes out here, it's not me in the head. I ain't worth nothing. I'll never be able to make it because look, look what a hard-looking thing I am. That's the way people still try to think. They're unworthy. Yeah. You are. All of us is unworthy. But if the mother was well instructed in the laws of redemption, she'd say, Honey, look, the priest will never see you, but the man of the house will have to take a lamb without a blemish, and that lamb will have to be looked over, and the lamb will have to be killed so that you can live. You say, why is this, Mammy? You say, because you're born under a birthright. You're the first one. That's the way it is today. We guilty, unworthy, should die. We're not worthy of living. We're not worthy to come to Christ. We're not worthy to ask anything. But God never looked at your unworthiness. He looked at the land. Now, if you can't find no fault in Christ, then you're free. See? He died in your stead. Now, if there's any fault with him, you're not free yet. But God don't examine you. He examines the land. You say, I'm not worthy to walk out of this wheelchair tonight. That's right. You're not. But God don't examine you. He examines Christ. And if he's worthy, then you can walk. That's right. If it's what you think about it. You say, Brother Bram, I'm a normal woman. I've lived illegally. I've done, I've even broke my marriage vows. I've done this. And Mr. Bram, I'll tell you, I've been a drunkard. I've done this. No matter what you've done, God never looks at you. He looks at the Lamb. And He's already accepted the Lamb. So you're free. God can't see you. He sees the Lamb. Dies in your sin. That's enough to make a fellow shout, isn't it? Sure is when you think that. Upon those bases of the word. You believe in shouting? I heard you doing it a while ago. You know, I'm not very emotional myself. I believe it. Of course, I get a little religious sometimes. You know, you're kind of carrying on a little. But 
You know, it reminds me, but that so many people criticize shouting happiness in the Christian heart. We should be happy. We got a lot to be happy about. Does anybody will be happy? We should. But they might have a farmer one time who who went and he wasn't very much of a farmer. He had a lot of great big nice barns and tractors and but the fellow was just too lazy to work. That's all. He wouldn't make no hay and but they mind some of these big churches and theologians that won't dig down and really take the word of God. They got big churches and a lot of music and a lot of refinery, but that don't mean it all. So he, he wouldn't work, and over his neighbor had a little old barn over there. He didn't have very much of a stall to keep his cattle and things, but he sure was an industrious man. He really worked. Raised great big crops of alfalfa and put it up in what barn he had, the man in the mission, you know. So, you know, come winter time, and there's a little calf born in each one of the, the barns. The next spring, when the spring winds begin to blow, they turn the little calves out. Well, this one little calf has turned out a great big cathedral, you know. He was so poor, he couldn't stand nothing. The wind nearly blowed him down. He walked out there, and the little fellow didn't have nothing to eat all through the winter, so he fed weeds, and he didn't have very much strength to stand on. <laughs> Orange, you can't believe in divine healing. Need some vitamins. <laughs> well, the first thing you know, they let the other little calf out over in the other barn, brother, and he's all fat and round. He'd had good alfalfa, plenty of vitamins. He was fat around that wind, beginning to hit him, that mighty rushing wind, you know, coming down. My, he just kicked up and jumped and bucked and all around the trail as hard as he could. And that little bitty skinny calf out of a great big fine barn stuck his head through the crack of his hand and said, Such fanaticism. <laughs> just why? Too bad we ever 
and to the breaking of his blood cell, not fix God himself. Hallelujah. Putting your hand one time upon the head of him and confessing your sins and healing the pains of Calvary when he died of fear in your sin, you have no more conscience of sin. The worshiper, once purged by the blood of Jesus, has no more desire of sin. Don't say you want sin, but you have no desire to do it. No more desire of sin. All goes out through the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. See the plan how God wants to redeem us? When we left Eden, it was a beautiful paradise of God of Eden, that lovely little sweetheart and the husband. And then by falling, God just brings us right back again to redemption, to redeem us right back to our origin again. We're not taking us back to be angels. And you all go in these restaurants and hear that old squeaky uh, juice boxes there, what you call it, squeaking a brown-eyed angel wish for me. Nonsense! If your beloved wife is gone or somebody, she waits for you as a human being. Immortal. God never, he made angels, but he made us man. He made us human. He ain't redeemed us back to angels. He's redeemed us back to where we was in the first place. Human beings, eating, drinking. Somebody. You see? Oh, I don't get the word talk. Leave back home. Then the Israelites, one study there, where they get to study, well, I'm not worthy. What else do I have to do? You don't have to do nothing. The only thing is, is to come under the shed blood. That settles it. One study of blood, you're saved. Hallelujah. Well, the dead angel with his sword in his hand sweeping the land, you didn't have to wonder. No. And to be scared was an insult to Jehovah. If a man once under the blood feels afraid that God won't keep his word, it's an insult to him. Say, Jehovah, perhaps this is your word, but I don't know whether it's right or not. Oh, shame on you. One man once under the blood, he said, I'm the Lord and he'll see. I believe it. That's all. Don't insult him. He said, he that cometh unto me out of the world, cast out. I believe it. Once coming under the blood, take his word for anything he says. And every believer, get it, get Every man and woman has once been brought under the blood of Christ. All fear and condemnation has gone out. Then he will believe every word that God writes in the Bible to be the truth. You'll not say this is not inspired and that's not inspired, but to believe every word of it. Amen. Amen. Come to the fountain filled with blood drawn coming in those veins. Oh, what a wonderful Savior we have. What a plan of redemption Jehovah alone lined out for us. Lay out the carpet for us to come home on. Notice, Job back there, I like to think of him. He lived back even before this was ever ordered, only in Eden. And I like Job. I just love to listen to him as he's talking. He is a great man, a prince of the East. He goes to the East and all the young priests would bow down to him. He was a great man. He loved the Lord. He feared the Lord. One day Satan come up before God, before the sons of God and said, God said, have you considered my church, Job, a just man? Perfect, not like him in the 
You're getting everything you want. Got him all hedged up and everything, so no wonder. So sure, he can serve you and make his money money. got plenty of cattle, got everything right, so sure, he, anybody can serve you like that. So if you let me have him, I'll make him curse you to your face. God said, I don't believe it. Amen. How? Pretty have that confidence in you and I tonight. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, I don't believe it. Said he's in your hands, but don't you take his life. So he come down, Satan, the whirlwind, and he destroyed all the barns, and he burned up the cattle and the horses and everything. And Job, when he, being a good man, believing in God, the only way that he had to come was through the burnt offering, through the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. So now he had several sons and daughters. And when he was seen that his sons and daughters, he didn't know, now him being a man that could afford to buy him things, such as young folks would want. He didn't know whether he sinned or not, but he said, Preventure, they might have sinned. I'm going to offer a sacrifice for them, because that's the only thing I know to do, is to present before God the shed blood of the Lamb. Or if we had more fathers and mothers tonight so interested in their children that would offer the shed blood of the Lamb for their child every night at the throne of grace. Wouldn't have so much carrying on as we have amongst young folks. So he said, Preventure they might have sinned. I don't know they have. But to make sure, mothers, you know, it's a shame today, and fathers, the how uninterested we are in children. And the little juvenile, you let the kids go out and do as they please, running out all night long and everything, and come in and seem to be so unconcerned about it. Let your girls go out with boys and smoke and drink and go to gambling devices and dance all night and come in and you say you're Christians and permit the stuff? Is that? That's not right. We should take them to the law. Be waiting up when come in, put your arms around and say, Now, sweetheart, come here and kneel down and pray. Mother don't know just where you've been, trusting that you've been a good girl tonight. But preventure that you haven't. Let's offer the sacrifice of praise to God and give Him thanks. I tell you, you'd have different children today if they did that. We had more fathers like Job. The trouble of his mothers today go with their daughters out in such places. They sell them belong to churches too. That's just a little bit hard, but you know that's what does you good. When it gets a little strong and stingy like, you know, it's good for you. Now, so then Joel said, now, to make sure of this, I'm going to offer the sacrifice of the burnt lamb for each of my children, whether if they have sinned. That's the only way I can present them, is up on the basis of the shed blood. That's God's only plan of redemption through the lamb. So I'm offering it. And did you notice when the fires come down and burn up all he had, his children was all killed? I imagine Job thought, oh, I'm so happy because I offered the sacrifice for them, because I presented them before God through the shed blood of the Lamb, through God's provided way of redemption for my children. Notice what happened then. Then he broke out and boiled and set out on the sheep out there scraping himself for the crop or something. His wife comes to the door, all of his friends is gone. 
Three church members come down, turn their backs to him for seven days, wouldn't even speak to him, accused him of being a secret sinner. Not much consolation from the church then, was there? Secret sinner. But Job, listen, Job knew in his heart that he was a secret sinner. He confessed his sin upon the basis of the shed blood. And he knows that God was under obligation to meet him on those days. Amen. Yes. The only propitiation for sin was the shed blood of the Lamb, which Amen. God promised redemption as a shadow. Amen. To last until Christ come and Job had met God on those bases. Yes. He wasn't a secret sinner. He had no sin. No, he because he had offered the sacrifice that God had required. So his wife Connie's indifferent come out and said, Joe, said you look so miserable. Why don't you just curse God and die with it? He said, Now thou speakest like a foolish woman. Said the Lord gave, the Lord taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes. Yes. We brought nothing into this world, certainly take nothing out. The Lord gave, the Lord taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Said, there she a man sincere that's got faith in the Word of God, and the Word of God had introduced to him the way back home to the shed blood of the Lamb, the carpet, the welcome man at the door is the shed blood. Amen. They are sinners. The welcome back home begins the immortal life is to the shed blood of the innocent Son of God. Laying at the door. And tight, Joe knew that he had done all he could do. I swear, maybe they tried, some of the theologians tried to say, Now, Joe, what strength is there in that blood of the Lamb that you're offering? Joe said it's according to the Word. He required that. And he knew that he was innocent. So down from the east come a little prince by the name of L-I-U. Thank you. 
said, I see what you mean. That just one back there who was promised and eaten. I'm told my Redeemer liveth. As the last angel stand on the earth, though the skin worm take me back, I could dig that fire yet in my flesh shall I see God. Amen. Amen. Why? I've come on the basis of redemption. I've come offering the shed blood that represents his blood. This is the type, this is the lamb. But way back there, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him before the world ever started that God selected his blameless, spotless lamb to take away the sin of the world. And in his brief knowledge of it, seen him slain before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Job got a vision of that. Don't make any difference what you say now. He believed it. And when he did, the lightning flashed, the power is Lord. What is it? The man of God getting back into the Spirit. There's got to be a little note somewhere. Amen. He got back into harmony with God. He said, My, oh, there I am. And notice, God restored all back to him again. Restored his health back to him. Why? You Christians here tonight that sick. You may be sick, that may be all right. God may be trying you for something. But remember, look to the way of redemption. Christ is your Redeemer from sickness. Just keep holding to his unchanging hand. Look what he did the night before last. Look what he did the night before that. Look what he did last night. What's he going to be tonight? God only knows. It's all left up on you, how you approach it. If you come saying, I'll try and see if it'll help me a little bit. You're wrong. You've got to come first. Sanely, soundly, in God's provided way of approach to him, that's to the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that it is redemption. God made a way of redemption. Not your thoughts, what your heart says, not what your mind says. Notice, oh, this really sounds good to me. When Job got in the spirit, the lightnings began to flash. And God restored to him. If he had 5,000 sheep, God gave him back 10,000 sheep. If he had 20,000 goats, he gave him back 40,000 goats. And if he had uh, 10,000 camels, he gave him back 20,000 camels. But I know it's just a beautiful picture. And God restored these seven children back to Job. Never give him twice as many. You just give him the same amount. His seven sons and daughters. I think it was. Restore his seven sons and daughters back to him. Never double them. Never give him some more. But he restored them to him. Did you ever think about where he was at? He was in glory waiting for him. You see it? Because he was a father who believed in God and offered the prayer and so forth and upon the basis of the shed blood and God had saved them. They had been saved because he had a faithful father and was waiting for him across the shadow of the honor. That's what we need. Waiting on the other side because they come through the shed blood. The, the walkway, the welcome mob put Matt back home again. Come to God. The laws of redemption, a beautiful type, said about Ruth, Naomi, 
the book of Ruth, some people just think, maybe we'll approach it just a moment. Ruth, or uh, Neoma, she was, uh, lived in Bethlehem of Judea. Amalek was her husband. She had two sons. And a drought come on, so she left and went over into the land of Moab because she heard there was corn over there. A very beautiful picture here. Let's unfold it just a minute and look into it before we close. And her going away, perhaps not knowing then, a righteous woman, righteous man, going away not knowing what they were doing. You know, many times we have to walk the way we feel led to walk regardless of what the outcome of it will be. Right. Did you ever notice when the cattle was bringing the ark down the road, the calves back behind bawling for their mother? But the cows went down the road, lowing. Not bawling. Lowing isn't bawling. Lowing singing. Them old cows pulling that door, going to the rock to be crucified, pulling down the road, singing, I am coming, Lord. Judea, when uh, she 
came in, the people of Bethlehem said, Here comes Neoma. She said, Don't call me Neoma, which is pleasant. They call me Myra, which is bitter, for the Lord has dealt thus with me. Now, the beautiful part to look that when she came back, being the type of the, of the Jewish church, when she came back, she brought Ruth with her and came, listen, yet she came in barley season. Yes, it's the time of the threshing of the grain. And that's exactly the way the church is going back today. Just to begin a barley season. She'd seen a season before. But this was a new season after a long stay of drought. A type of Jewish church in the beginning when Pentecost fell, it fell on the Jews. And the Jewish church died out and the Gentile church come in and then all signs and wonders ceased. Now, notice, that was the former reign. Then the church, the Jewish church is returning just in the latter reign. When the Holy Spirit is just being poured out again and the Jews now returning by the thousands back to Palestine. Oh, I wish we had to sermon in itself. Time won't permit much longer about the hurry. Notice a sermon in itself of a return of the Jews now bringing with them the Gentiles. And when they got there with barley season, the great threshing was on. And they had a near kinsman named Boaz. And Ruth went out to glean in the field and was directed to Boaz's field, which was the kinsman. Once she went out to glean, a type of the Gentile church taking up the Bible, the Old Testament, to learn of God, being heathen, now comes to learn of God. And while she was a gleaning in the field, directed by the Holy Spirit to go into that field to glean, then up come Boaz. Boaz was a representative of Christ, for he was the Lord of the harvest. He was over all the harvest. And notice, as soon as he looked out in the field and saw that Gentile girl, he fell in love with her. Why? Wow. She was gleaning behind the reapers. That's what the churches had to do. Pick up a little bit here and a little bit there, gleaning, reading over there and seeing what Job done and what the rest of them done and how the way of redemption was made, picking up these little gleanings behind the Jewish church. See what I mean? That grain that they were reaping represented life, immortal life, eternal life to us. Out of the Word. The Word of God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And here she was gleaning behind, picking up these little gleams, and the Lord of the harvest fell in love with her, her being an alien. What a picture. My, I just love that. And then he said, Whose damsel is this? And they began to speak and said, It's the overnight to come in with, with Neoma. And he went out to her and spoke peace to her. Yeah. And said, don't you leave this field. God, be merciful. See what? Don't be talked about whatever wind of doctrine. Say the word. All these things coming up like 
little, little saucers, flying saucers, and go to come to the church, and little wee men's coming through, testing the power of God, all this fanaticism. Stay in the world! Stay right there! Don't you go from ever tossed about here and there. Stay right with the Word. Breathe the Word. All right. And then he went over and commissioned. He said, now when you're tired, come over and drink out of the bucket. I like that, don't you? Then he said, come into the young man that was going forth with the sickle. He said, now let her clean any what she wants to. And every once in a while, I'll drop just a little handful on purpose. I like that. <laughs> just a little handful on purpose. A little old-fashioned revival.
dwelt among us, becoming kinfolk to the human being, a kinsman. The next he must be must be financially able to do it. And who would be more financial? What kind of a debt could be paid when God owns all the universes there is and all the spaces and all the time and everything else? He was able financially. form of spirit, he could not do it because he was spirit and man was human. And the spirit was made flesh and dwelt among us to become tender to us in order to redeem us. You see it? Notice there's a spread of welcome to you tonight when God stripping himself, coming out of the ivory palaces, taking upon himself the form of sinful flesh to humiliate himself to come down to be kinfolks to the poorest better there is in the world life to become a kinfolks to him Jehovah himself made kinfolks to a better the apostles has sins and the birds has nests but the son of man don't have a place to lay his head born in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloth yet the very prince of glory the day springs from on high humiliating Bringing himself down, condensing, coming down to be made kinfolks for the sinner. Think of it, people! How can you reject that master's love? What was it? When God became a sinner, taking our sin, Jesus became me that I might become him. The innocent Lamb of God who knew no sin became a sinner that I might be made adopted son of God. Amen. 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 There's a picture of true redemption. I came down worthy, robbed himself, no home, no place to go, humiliated himself, brought himself down in sinful flesh and took upon him, not the nature of angels, not the nature of God, took upon himself the nature of man, that he might walk with man, eat with man, sleep with man, and die for man. There you are, the whole plan from the beginning, the spotless Lamb of God. There he is, the bread of life, here on earth. Now, the next thing had to be done, a kinsman redeemer had to be kinfolks real close to the person to redeem it. And the next thing had to be that he had to be worthy to redeem it, righteous, a good person, just an outlaw couldn't do it, and who would be any more worthy than Jehovah himself? Becoming flesh. The next thing he had to do was make a public testimony. And he had done it. So Boaz the next morning ran to the gates and waited. And when the elders began to gather in, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they gathered all the elders of the city outside of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, have mercy. Listen, the public testimony could not be made in the city. It had to be made outside the gate. Yeah, yeah. It had to be witnessed before the elders. Yeah. And he called the elders out. And said, This day I have redeemed the Oma. And if there's anyone, just one fellow was there, but he couldn't redeem it, was a kinsman too, but he couldn't redeem it. So it all fell to Boaz. He said, I have to redeem the Oma. 
and our brothers of state, I'll take it all back. And the old one, they said, I am a witness to say, each one, that you have redeemed it. And he plucked off his shoe and handed it to his neighbor as an ensign, as an ensign that he had redeemed everything. And he started out with his arms around his darling. 
and was not deceived. He didn't have to walk out, but he walked out because he loved his wife. Right. He walked out with both eyes wide open. No matter if she had to go to torment, he'd go with her. When God looked down and seen that love of a human being, it was so great that he couldn't stand it himself. That's right. He said, I'll come and go too. And he said, I'll put the image between her seed and the serpent's seed. Listen closely. Yeah. Four thousand years later, yonder in the city of Jerusalem, let's change our scenes and look. There's come down the streets of Jerusalem, bumpity, bumpity, bump, out the gates of Damascus, tattered goes towards Golgotha, a little fellow with a crown of thorns on his head and a cross over his shoulder. Look all over his back, his little red spots, what are they? Looks like that old Adam was leaving with his sweetheart, going out under condemnation with a shadow, a shadow of redemption somewhere because there was blood running over him. Somewhere that was a shadow. He knew it. And I hear something going, what is it? It's the old bloody sheepskin beating up and down on his legs, speaking of some time. There's a land beyond the river that they call the sweet forever. And we only reach that shore by faith degree, knowing that someday they get back into Eden again. Yep. Now the scene going down and out of the second Adam, going up the yellow little spots on his back. They get bigger, bigger, bigger as he walks on. What is it? After a while, they all go into one spot. I hear something beating again. What is it? There goes the second Adam. No more than Jehovah himself who comes down and was laid flat. Jesus Christ. 
God so loved the world that He gave so love. Adam so loved Eve that He went out with her. Christ so loved the church that He went with her. God so loved the world. Adam went with Eve in her wrong. She was wrong. He knows you're wrong. He was innocent, but she was guilty. But Adam said, I'll go with her. And Christ looked at the church and knowing it was wrong, yet Christ went with us to take our face under as a sinner to die for us, to take the sting out of death for us. Sinner, how can you reject such matchless love? No wonder Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. In the last days he's going to stand upon the earth, and though the skin worms destroys this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I'll see him for myself. My eyes shall behold and not another. Do you believe it tonight? Our times have swayed from us. Oh, how the Holy Spirit seems to be moving in my heart. I can't think of nothing, friends, nothing no greater than how the Jesus come down here on earth and made the way of redemption and fulfilled every plan from the Garden of Eden way before that, before the foundation of the world, Jehovah spoke. And here comes Jesus taking his taking a spot and went out here and come and died was made sin that you could be saved. How could you reject such matchless love as that blessed Redeemer hanging out of the gods of spit in his face, mockery and scandalized, and the crown of thorns on his head, an innocent man dying under the blood dripping from Emmanuel's veins, where sinners can plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. Shall we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, Oh, God, with my heart turning around and around, it seems, knowing that you're here, see you move out over this audience in a form of a big bright light, speaking visions breaking forth, knowing that the time is at hand right now. Soon you shall send Jesus again, and he'll come to this earth. No man knoweth the middle hour, not even the angels, but the Father only. And here he comes to the earth again. Time way past due like it was the days of Noah, the long-suffering when the ark was being prepared, wherein seven souls were savory. Now today it's coming way past due. Way overdue. Should have been here a long time ago. But God's not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. The doormats laid out the welcome mat tonight. God's plan of redemption through the offering up of the blood of the Lord Jesus once for all to cleanse the guilty, unworthy sinner and bring him into reconciliation with God and restore him back into the Garden of Eden with his wife and his loved ones. Never to die no more, never to be sick, never to have a heartache, never to be any more funerals, no more graves to be dug. Oh, God, no more weary, nothing, it's all over. Washed in the blood of the Lamb with this perfect assurance that Jesus Christ once come under his blood, we're safe from the angel of death. It cannot touch us. God, if there be some here tonight, thou knowest the hearts of all men, while the Holy Spirit's are moving over this audience, God grant that they'll receive thee just now as their personal Savior. Those that's backslidden, may they come back be ashamed tonight. May the sick all be healed tonight, Lord. May the Holy Ghost fall on every hungry heart and march in that ground. Get them ready. It ain't long. The 
great hours are in sight, atomic bombs, explosions and things, perplexed of time, distress between the nations, man's heart failing fear, sea roaring, great fearful sights appearing on the earth. You said in that day that ones that know their God will do exploits. Here we are seeing all these things happen. God made a voice of warning sweep into every heart just now. For Jesus' sake and in his name, while we have our heads bowed, there be one in here tonight, don't know one, look, just keep your head down and pray, please, just a few minutes. I'm going to ask you something, knowing that I'm standing now between the living and dead, knowing this may be the last time that you'll ever get an opportunity to do this. You know your heart, the Holy Spirit speaking to you now. You know where you're standing. If you desire a prayer that you might receive Christ as your Savior and come God's way of the shed blood through redemption, and you know you've practiced church, you've played church, but in your heart you know you've never been redeemed. Know that there's something there, carnality, envy, strife, temper. Don't. Don't just play it any longer. Let's come to the Lord Jesus. Will you raise your hand to him tonight? Say, God, be merciful to me. I now accept it with all my heart. Will you please come to me at this hour? God bless you. Someone else, God bless you. Someone else, God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balconies, God bless you. God bless you. You. Over to my right, someone else, God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Someone here on the bottom floors, God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, son. Oh, my, just look. God bless you. I knew the Holy Spirit was here. God bless you, sir. Someone else. Say, God, be merciful to me. I see you back there, sir. I see a little fellow over there, the young boy. God be with you. Every Christian praying now. It's on praying ground. What is it? The way of redemption. The way of the cross. You might belong to church, but that don't mean nothing. That's all right. I have nothing against it, but that's not coming through the way of redemption. Through the blood, by the washing of the water, by the word. That's the way you come to Christ. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. Not joining of the church, hearing of the word. By faith are you saved through grace. God's speaking at your heart. Here not long ago I told a young lady, I believe God's calling you tonight, sister. She said, if I want somebody to talk to me, I want somebody that's got more sense about it. And I said, well, sister, I can only say the Holy Spirit's telling me. She said, I don't want to hear that no more. A year later, I passed through that city, and that girl had become a prostitute. Her clothes hanging low on her, offered me a drink of whiskey. And she said, I shamed her. And she said, you know what, preacher? You remember the night you told me I ought to be saved? I said, yes, I do. She said, that was the truth that I crossed the separating line there. I breathed God from my heart the last time. said, here's the remark that girl made. She said, I could see my mother's soul frying hell like a pancake and laugh at it. Hard-hearted, old friend, don't ever walk up to that line. When God long-suffering, but when he knocks, he, my spirit will not always strive with man. Will you raise your hand now? Not to me, to God. And by doing that, saying, God, be merciful to me. I don't want to die a sinner. I want to come your way. I want to come the way of the cross. I want you to come into my heart right now and save me. Someone else, raise your hand anywhere in the building. God bless you, sister. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you. You, that's right. That's fine. Up in the balconies, anywhere around, I'll raise your hand. God bless you, young lady. I see your hand. God bless you, lady up there, way back. I see you. God sees you, too. Right now, he's speaking peace. God bless you, lady. God bless you, little girl. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Friend, keep your head bowed. I feel led to do something right now. I feel led to bring those people right here to all and let me pray for them. I feel it right now is the time. Will you raise up out of your seat? Come here and let me just stand here and pray with you a little bit. Will you do it? Every person that wants to receive Christ, the Holy Spirit, tell me to do that. Will you just raise up and come here? That's just a public testimony. If you love Jesus, you know he loves you, raise up out of your seat, will you? Let's stand to your feet, everybody, just a moment. Stand to your feet. From Emmanuel's
and the power of the resurrection of the Son of God, just as moral man, sinful, unworthy. But Father, if you're looking for a holy people tonight, without Christ's word, would you find them? They're not here. But everyone in Christ is a newborn babe. And we're so happy that you've made a way that we can work with our fellow man and our brethren. We unrighteous ones, through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, comes now, presenting our faith to thee for the healing of the sick. For we ask that in Jesus' name and according to the atonement, that by stripes we are healed. Amen. Now, how many anywhere in the building, no matter where you're at, you say by raising up your hand, Brother Rand, I do not have a prayer card. Now remember, some night, somewhere, sometime, we're going to pray for every person that receives a prayer card. No matter if it takes a month to do it, we're going to pray for every person with a prayer card. You hold your prayer card. If you're not called, if one night you will be again sometime, we'll see that every prayer card is called. Pray for, lay hands on every person. So now, you don't know what night you're, each day to give out new ones because new people come in. And we just call out and take a few years, send them in the line. Now, so far as I know, there's not a person in that line that I know or ever seen. There's Indian, Mexican, white people, all mixed up. That's the way we're being glory, isn't it? I don't know none of them. Perhaps they can't even speak their language. But did you know God knows every one of them? Now, I preached the word. They heard that. Now, the audience is waiting to see something else. Has the really phenomenal of the resurrection positive power of Christ returned to the church? Jesus said the things that I do shall you also. Is that right? He didn't claim to heal anybody. He claimed that God showed him a vision of different things. And what God showed him to do, that's the only thing he did. How do you know that this church should be the gospel truth? That Jesus said he couldn't do nothing in himself. Just exactly the only thing he could do was when God the Father showed him what to do, and he said God was in him. Do you believe that God's in this church tonight? Well, he's not in the sphere, sure, he's in the people. Is that right? So then if God's in here, he can do for us just as like he did Jesus, because Jesus said the same things that I do. Shall he do also all the way to the end of the age? Is that right? He woman touched his God. He looked around out the audience and said, Your faith is healed you from that blood issue. A blind man cried at him. When his faith touched him, and Jesus turned around and said, Your faith is healed you. Many things like that. He touched the man's eyes one day and two of them said, Now, according to your faith, be it unto you. But the Father showed him some things to do. He went and done it. Passed by the sick and afflicted everyone. Found this person the Father told him to. Went out there and told him, Rise up, take your bed, go on in your house, walk off and rest the rest of them. They said, Why? He said, I only do what the Father shows me to do. And if he's the same today, he stood on the platform of the world at that time in the different audiences their thoughts in the audience. Is that right? Same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want to ask you, how many here without prayer card? It says, Brother Brandon, tonight, by the help of God, I'm going to yield myself to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray that God will turn you around to me and let me know when I'm going to get well or something about me 
You can't always tell it's just everywhere. All right. Look this the way and live. The reason I say without paracords, the one with paracords is going to come up here. The one without paracords might not. And it might be your last time. Somebody sitting there big and healthy. Look like it. Might have a heart beating there before stopping the next 15 minutes. 20. Something has to be done. Here sits the poor lady sitting here in a wheelchair. I've seen her tonight. I know exactly what's wrong with her. I don't know what caused it. I see her a night or two ago, and I thought, sure, the angel of the Lord sitting right there, the faith would come. I started to call, and I see it went over to another lady. See? I believe she's near the time. That's right. You look at her, you feel sorry. Say, that's a woman. But remember, that woman could live for 50 more years just like that. But maybe that big healthy man sitting out with a heart trouble won't live the rest of the night. God knows all things, doesn't he? He knows all things. He knows what has to be done. All right. Okay. Here. Here she is. Excuse me. I didn't mean that, sister. I thought that. All right. Now, this lady here is to begin the first. Now, I'm going to ask you if you'll do something for me. Now, if the engineers there will watch this microphone, they tell me I don't talk loud enough when the noise comes down. I don't, I don't even know where I'm at at the time. That's the reason I'm in another world. So now, if you just be real reverent, and the see Brother Brown standing there, Brother Moore here, they're watching every minute. That's what they're standing there for. They know just exactly when something happens to me that they've got to take me. And then when they take me, the other minister comes right to the platform, pitch right into the spirit, begins to make the altar call. Or do whatever it feels they do. I try. When I feel them hit me on the side, I know I'm supposed to make a committal prayer. And that's about all I remember until the next day they tell me about it. Now, may he add his blessings now, in Jesus' name. Now, for the glory of God, and for the cause of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take every spirit in here under my control. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That is unruly thing you see. But I'm moving for Now, the lady here, I want to talk to you, lady. Can you hear me all right? This is my voice is over this year. Now, I suppose us being strangers to each other, uh, God knows both of us, though, doesn't he? He knows both of us. He knows, and you know, lady, as well as he, I have no way at all on knowing what you want just as a man. That would be totally impossible for me to know it. Of us strangers and just met uh, right here, how in the world would I know what you want? But Jesus Christ knows you before you were born. He knows me before I was born. You are a Christian believer. I perceive that because your spirit feels welcome. As you're a conscious that something is taking place now. I want the audience to watch the woman. Just watch her. She, watch any patient that comes here when the angel moves near and watch what, how they look. They'll get white around the mouth and something will happen to them. See? They're standing in his presence. Between me and the woman right now, I know. Just like... Someone has moved right in here. I don't see it yet. Don't know nothing that it'll break through and something will tell her. I don't know what she's here for. It might be that she's, she's sinned. It might be that she's sick. It might be that she has domestic troubles. I, I don't know what she wants. But God does. So he'd have to do it. And in doing so, well, you would, you would believe that it had to come from supernatural resources. Will the audience believe the same thing? It has to come from that if Jesus has raised from the dead now, that's the supernatural. That's a miracle, is it? It cannot be explained. It's a miracle. Then, see, uh, isn't that 
something to come here to know him because he told me I'll be with you. And I believe him. I believe him with all my heart. And, uh, I'll, and of course now we see you wearing glasses. Of course we know that there's something wrong with your eyes we wouldn't be wearing glasses. But now maybe there's something different. I, I couldn't say, but the Lord Jesus knows. Now just as we're looking to each other, the Holy Spirit moving between us, and no, it's getting real light around you. You're not here for healing because you've just been healed. That's right. Sunday night. You healed your Sunday night, brother? Yes. Now, how would I know you were healed Sunday night? Something had to tell me that. Is that right? How do you believe with all your heart? I do. With all your heart. I see someone else. It's a man standing by your side now. And that's your husband. And he has arthritis. That's right. And there's two, there's something else. It's two children. It's grandchildren. And that's TV. And you're come to ask prayer for them. Thus saith the Lord. That's true, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the name of the Lord. You believe you will get what you ask for? Yes, I Come here. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, I bless this my sister in the name of Jesus Christ. And she gets the desire of her heart. Don't fear, sister. You get what you ask for. Just be real, ever. Do you now believe? Every one of you? Now, friends, that's the way the meeting should be. Everybody right now should just accept their healing. Just believe on the Lord. That sounds as it needs. Moses, he had a sign to do, and he's done just exactly what God told him. They always looked at it, they followed him, done just exactly what he said. Just the one thing of what you're here for. 
Would you accept it right there and say, I believe it because you know it with, you believe with every bit of your heart? Ladies, you're in terrible agony. You're suffering. And I see a doctor, and the doctor shakes his head. You're giving up a doctor for something. It's cancer. I see it rolling your, your slip. Cancer. And you can't do no more about it. And then you're, you're, you're worried about a, a child. And that child, I see a light look like some time ago. The child had leukemia and was healed. <laughs> and it's, got, it's anemia now, and you want prayer for it. Come here. Almighty God, in whom we love and trust, give blessings to this woman for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I ask that. Amen. I look here just a moment, sister. You believe now you get what you ask for? Man. A nurse in the hospital? County? Are you as a nurse? Well, God bless you. What would you give him? He be in the throat. He got healed, Jesus? How long goes it then, lady? My first meeting here. Oh! Yes, two weeks and a half, and Brother Outlaw brought me down there. That's I remember now coming. God bless you. That's right. And here you are now. Ever what was wrong, I don't know now. But you'll get well just the same. That's your faith. Here's another thing you might know while you're standing there. Your husband needs healing too, doesn't he? He has a tumor on her brain. I believe God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Now go back to Let's say praise the Lord. Thank you. 
in Jesus Christ's name as a believer. Amen. Don't fear, sister. Go. God go with you. This is the man. How do you do, sir? We are strangers to each other, I suppose. Was that child just at the prayer line? Right there. Oh, I see you. All right. I see a light hanging over the child. No doubt what was the matter with it, God's going to let it get well. Still hangs there the, for the child. Uh, we are strangers to one another, brother. I do not know you. I guess I've never seen you in my life. But God knows both of us. You believe me, oh, it's his servant, don't you, brother? I do. I with all your heart, then I can help you to find faith in the Lord Jesus. One thing between you and I, I see as the vision is breaking, is a blood moving. It's a blood condition that you have. It's a diabetes. And you, you've just been in a hospital and been operated on around last year, and they said the limbs, the legs moved up, they were operating, it's a prostrate condition, and it was unsuccessfully, it's still bothering you. Those things are true, but Jesus Christ is here to make you whole. Do you believe it, brother? Come here. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for my brother that you'll make him whole, and may he go from here tonight and be a well man as I hold him to my body as a point of contact that the Holy Spirit is here now who can tell him, reveal. Let the angel of the Lord touch him just now by the merits of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Go be happy. Something happened to you. You know it is for you. Amen. Don't doubt. Have faith now. How do you do, lady? We're strangers to one another. We've seen you before. But I mean, I don't know you before. You believe the Lord Jesus with all your heart? You believe me to be his servant? Lady standing on the steps of the dark glasses on, colored lady. You believe me to be his servant? You want to accept your healing where you're standing, your face, something begin to move on you just as I talk to the lady, that's right, raise your hand. It's the Holy Spirit, the angel, hanging over you. You're suffering, you're blind in one eye, and you also have a tumor that's trying to take your life. Return to your seat to receive your healing. You have 
trouble. Never bow trouble. You got a husband that's an internal revenue man. That's right. And he's somewhere in this building. He's got an usher. He's an usher in this building. Name is Pella. And you live at, at 728 East Montebello, something like that. I see it on the on side. Isn't that right? Return. You get what you ask for. You're a saint. What if I tell you you were healed while you were sitting there? Would you believe it, sister? With all your heart, I'm here. Kind Heavenly Father, move with compassion. Grant to this woman now that it will never be that way again. Through Jesus' name, amen. Have faith, believe. Yes, you're praying, sister. You thought I could get around and look at that. 